This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, and today we're talking with Alex Aremia, Chief Privacy Officer at MedStar Health. Thanks for joining us today, Alex. Thank you. First, why don't you briefly describe MedStar for us and your role there? Well, MedStar is a uh, large, uh, decentralized um, health system in the Mid-Atlantic states. We have nine hospitals, about 26,000 associates, 3,300 beds. Now, you mentioned in your presentation today that it's important to capture meaningful metrics on privacy incidents so you understand the root cause and then you can tailor the training based on that. Can you walk us through how you do that? Yeah, sure. We have a centralized system, uh, even though we're a decentralized organization, we have a centralized system for uh, capturing privacy incidents as they occur. We have uh, local privacy liaisons who uh, log in to an intranet site basically and and fill out uh, an online form that uh, captures um, the different types of privacy and security incidents that occur across the system. Of course, we first investigate the case and respond, but then we take that data and try to understand uh, what may have been the cause of the incident. And we really break it down into, uh, we try to break it down into fundamental components and then um, use that information to uh, tailor our, our training and education efforts towards uh, areas where we might have deficiencies or ongoing problems. So your training then can be altered based on the patterns you're seeing over time? Sure. So one example of something that has occurred is uh, we had a, a series of incidences of um, employees snooping into other employee patient records and we found um, that there was an ongoing pattern of that that we think resulted from a misunderstanding or, or a, a, maybe a lack of focus and training in that area and we were able to tailor some specific training and education materials directly to that type of uh, incident across our system. And you described what you call a role-based training. Tell me about that. Different types of staff members get different kinds of training? Yeah, yeah. as you can imagine, when you have 26,000 associates, uh, we have everything from janitors to um, senior executives and, of course, clinicians and others, administrators, billing folks who have different needs to access um, systems differently and to have different levels of access to PHI. Uh, historically, we did not really have a very, um, we had basically a PowerPoint presentation. We've um, moved to a, a new platform that identifies by role uh, specific types of targeted uh, training and education. It's more focused for those individual users' needs. And you described the use of frequent uh, emails for continuing education over the course of the year. Walk us through how that works and how others might do that. It, it, there is certainly an educational component to the emails. Um, I, I actually think of them more as part of our awareness campaign along the lines of our posters. Um, They're basically one or two page PDFs of discrete topics that are kind of a series of FAQs um, that are focused on particular subject matter, whether it's the transmission of EPHI or the storage, the secure storage of, of EPHI, for instance. Describe how you test staff after they've been through your awareness and education projects and, and why you do that. Well, the testing really comes in at the annual training phase. Uh, at the end of the training, uh, the, the targeted role-based training session, we uh, certainly test the employees to make sure that they have competency in the area that they're responsible for. 
beyond that, there's not a formal testing mechanism really per se, but obviously we do a lot of things through our education and awareness, uh, our awareness campaign that gives uh, individuals the opportunity to be rewarded if they answer questions properly. For instance, we have on-site awareness events where people will get a pen or a, a cookie or, or some other reward if they're able to answer a series of questions properly. You mentioned the difficulty in addressing the issue of technology evolving faster than policy at some point. That's got to be an ongoing challenge for you in your role. How do yeah. you go about tackling that? <laughs> that is one of the biggest challenges. Is uh, Technology is evolving faster uh, than we can keep up with our policies and guidelines. And it's something we struggle with. It's something we spend a lot of time with. One of the things that we're finding now, for instance, is that clinicians have a real desire uh, to use text messaging and mobile media. And there are a number of solutions on the market that are web-based that may or may not be secured, but patients are really eager to use them because they think that it's important for patient safety or patient you know, quality of care. And uh, we really struggle to find cost-effective optimal solutions uh, that you know, enable us to comply with our security rule and privacy rule obligations. And you can come up with all kinds of examples like that as technology continues to evolve. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. There's um, you know, a number of different EMR solutions and um, health information exchange solutions, patient portal solutions. We're constantly struggling with assessing those uh, technology deployments and, and trying to comply with our legal obligations. Any other final advice you'd give to others who are creating or updating a privacy and security program based on experience you've had and gone through it a couple of times? I think you've got to set your goals in advance and see really what your current strengths are and what your weaknesses or areas of opportunity are. And then build a plan that is, is focused on achieving those goals. And you know whether it's um, just making sure that your employees are more aware of their, their security and privacy obligations or need more emphasis on technical uh, understanding of the rules or whether it's uh, a need to reassess and evaluate uh, operational processes so that you can be sure that you're baking in as much as you can protections for patient privacy and security. Whatever, whatever your, your goals and objectives are, set those out in advance and then determine what the most cost-effective and efficient way to do it is and, and in a way that gets you know your senior leadership and executive support. Otherwise, it won't be sustainable. Well, very good. Thanks, Alex. We've been talking today with Alex Arimia of MedStar Health. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.